Hello, welcome to the PC Gamer UK podcast. I'm today joined by <laughs> Phil Savage, Tom Senior, and I'm you. Sammy Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> that went well, didn't it? Um, okay, can you tell I've not done this in a while? Uh, we're going to talk about the games of E3 today, yes. um, because those are the, that is the one big thing that has happened in the last few months, um, and it was actually, I would say, quite a good one. We'll get into that. Hmm. And um, I have played one of the games here. Phil has played. Played None of the games, played or seen some. Yeah, of but you've them. seen some of the some of them in action, which yep. um, I'd be excited to get into. And Tom, you... I, I've look, I've watched all of the trailers, guys. So nice. come to me for your, your trailer knowledge. <laughs> uh, no, that's exactly what I want from you. So that's kind of perfect. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're going to jump into it with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, it's the follow up to Origins, which came out last year. Assassin's Creed back on a yearly schedule, but they have been making it since. 2015, so it's yeah, not like because they have a million studios dotted about the place. It's kind of annoying because you see people are kind of talking about it like they do just take a year to make an Assassin's Creed game, <laughs> yeah. and it's that easy. And it's like, no, definitely not. Nope. Um, so yeah, this one's made by Ubisoft Quebec, who made uh, Syndicate, which was, I think, quite well liked, but it came off the back of Unity when people were either burnt out on Assassin's Creed or thought, okay, this is bad now. Yeah, I think the Syndicate Unity period were there people were most burnt out on the series as a whole yeah and um, then Origins obviously kind of reset it a little bit it's, mm. um, it, you know it buys a bit it's a bit goes a bit deeper into being an open world game and the environment is spectacular um, I actually uh, just recently finished it because mm. I had I had played um, Origins before this trip to see Odyssey I didn't know which game I was seeing because this happened before E3 <laughs> oh, yeah, yes yeah. of course the unannounced AAA game <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so I didn't know what it was and like because they also the studio that make For Honor, and I was like, I hope it's not like uh, like a competitive game that I'm going to be terrible at and have to write two thousand words. Hey, it's fine because it would have just been games journalists there, <laughs> easy to be. So I took a punt, assuming it'll probably be Assassin's Creed, and then uh, yeah, I was luckily I was correct. But I played about um, eight hours hours of it before, but since then I've I've properly fi- I've played like thirty hours of it and I finished it. Nice. Um, and it's yeah, it's very very good. And mm. this it feels like it's in the same mold. You do many of the same things, mm. like um, you use an eagle to uh, scan the environment. Environment for enemies and treasure and all that all that stuff. Um, environments, sort of places in the environment pop up in the same way. You've got a similar kind of map system mm. and the layout of the world. The demo I played it was across like two sizable islands. Yeah, yeah. That was it, it. It very much felt like the same type of game as Origins. Like it felt like it was building on that. Nice. Um, but you obviously have a setting now of ancient Greece, which is um, the furthest back they've gone, um, I believe, in the timeline. Um, I, it's during the Peloponnesian War. I can't remember how you pronounce that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know much about <laughs> ancient Greece, to be honest. Um, and you're the descendant of Gerard Butler from 300. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, as I understand it. You carry his broken spear into battle um, as uh, his King Leonidas descendant. And uh, yeah, yeah, you can play it as a male character or a female character. And you make narrative choices in this one. Mm. Um, a bit of a different deal to... Assassin's Creed games of the past um, which in the demo seemed to be choosing which of two mission givers to flirt with no that's not true there were, there were, some, there were a few choices in there, in okay. there. that was uh, well, I, I've played the same demo but I only got an hour with it right okay. at E3 Phil just flirts um, shit out with, with everyone you just like press the flirt button every time you <laughs> also that's how I believe did, <laughs> did you flirt with Thalatas or Kira uh, Kira, I think. Yeah, I think everyone picked Kira. Because Stannis just comes across as a bit of a douche, doesn't he? He, he, he doesn't make a great first impression in that opening argument. Yeah, so he's like a Spartan <laughs> like general or commander, something like that. Yes, his and thing's very much, war, let's just do a simple war. Whereas the other <laughs> one's like, let's actually do tactics and thinking. And so it's like, hmm, okay. Yeah. 
And I can, I can, yeah. So, um, and then Kira's like uh, a kind of rebel leader who lives out on this island. And uh, the uh, the aim of the demo is to take down Podarkis. So I kept writing down as Poldarkis, <laughs> um, thinking of the BBC drama. Yeah. And that was quite embarrassing. Uh, in fact, it almost went live. And then I like spotted it the last second. Think that's embarrassing because in the midst of E3 when the embargo lifted. But yeah, um, it was, uh, it's, it was quite. I thought it was quite effective. Like some of the a lot of the side quests have choices too. So uh, I gave this example in my preview. But um, yeah, there's um, this woman who sends you to basically investigate, go go kill a bear on a beach because it killed all of her friends apparently. But then you realise there was a reason the bear was there, um, and you find like this uh, crashed boat with all these bodies dotted around. Right. And then you realise that this woman was actually like a part of a group of smugglers and you know a bunch of ne'er do wells. And you can uh, bribe her to keep her secret or not. And because I bribed her, she started a fight with me and like I killed her. <laughs> and so that was a, like that was kind of good sort of Mass Effect style choice mm. that played out. What I found really interesting about this is that this this type of sort of narrative choicing has become pretty unpopular I think in hmm. in big games apart from like I mean like so we know Bioware single player games are just like you know basically gone away for a while hmm. um, while they make Anthem and uh, yeah I, mean, I, I know it sort of like feels like people try to do narrative choice stuff in about like the uh, last decade like I would say towards the end of the last decade when Mass Effect got big but you don't see as many like big games outside of RPGs really doing that now. Mm. Um, so it's quite an interesting, an interesting choice. Is that not what you made of it, Phil? Do you think it was a bit more novel than that? Um, not. It's difficult because I think like the demo they provided was very much more suited to the longer um, session you an had. An hour with isn't it. long. An hour isn't know. long. Um, and a part in part of that, I just got distracted by a random camp I stumbled across, and it was like, I'm just going to assassinate this dude. And then a, a Ubisoft rep came up to me and said, you should, you should go do one of the things that you're meant to be doing here during this demo presentation. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you could get to the end of the demo in an hour. No. Um, so, But it's good, because I when I played... Origins last year, I only had like about 20 minutes with it, and it was like nowhere near enough time wow, to understand no. how that game works. No. So I'm glad they did at least give you a good chunk of time. Mm. Um, but the, the other major thing they've added to this are like uh, these kind of combat abilities that you map to the different controller buttons using you basically hold down a bumper or a trigger, and then you can use these extra abilities. Yes. And they're kind of sim- a similar deal to the abilities you would unlock in Origins, but they go a bit further into sort of novelty territory, and uh, I-, I guess like. I guess like they kind of feel like supers to a, to a degree, don't they? Yeah, they recharge quite fast um, and seem to be like just based around very specific combat things that will happen. Like because it's Greece, suppose seemingly like a lot of the enemies are carrying shields and stuff. Um, yeah. So the shield break move is just a thing you have to use a lot. Yeah, I, I would say a bit too much. Yeah, I feel like I saw that animation like way too many times and. Um, yeah, sort of. It stops being empowering because you're seeing the same thing over and over again. Although I suppose that um, the Batman Arkham games do something similar, don't they? It has a shield disarm move that. Works yeah, the same time. yeah, that's true. Um, and there's always been a, a bit of that kind of Arkham style to latter Assassin's Creed games. Yeah, um, not so much Origins, maybe, but. So the other abilities you get are like uh, Spartan Kick, which is basically just booting just, someone really hard. Yeah. That is quite cool. Like you can smash people through pots as well. Um, so it was quite cool to boot someone into some pots and hit them break. 
um, that's cool. You could beat them off cliffs, stuff like that. Yeah. And they definitely set up like enemies who are like turned around oh, yeah. <laughs> over a cliff, so you can just go and boot them from behind, and it feels good. I saw someone tweeting a gift from the demo where they just boot a lion off a cliff. <laughs> it flies miles into the ocean. That's good. Yeah, which that's is very good. A, yeah, that is a sort of nonsensical mm. kind of like uh, yeah, open I, world chaos. I like from you get know, behind that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I didn't try booting the bear. I didn't think it would work, so I didn't bother. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can also set your sword on fire, and that sets fire to enemies, much like the arrows do oh, in yeah. uh, Origins. When you get those, and um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other ones. There's some stealth ones. There's one where it's like an instant, um, like Leonidas speed. Throw it, and it like instantly kills an enemy if you're in stealth. Um, if they're within a certain range, that's quite cool. Mm. And um, each ability can be upgraded two more times um, mm. to yeah get them um, to maximum power. And some of your regular Assassin's Creed abilities can be upgraded in a similar fashion. You can um, you don't the develop one of the developers told me I didn't record this. One of the developers told me that you. Uh, you don't do as many kind of leaps of faith in this one, like less jumping into hay and stuff like that. So they built a system where you, um, you could, if you jump off a cliff and you hold down the button, you'll kind of roll when you land, so you don't take damage. Mm-hmm. So you can do more high jumps without fear of taking damage. And like the and the maximum upgrade for that allows you to do like a stun attack when you land like mm-hmm. that, which I think is really cool. cool. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Um, the thing I couldn't get used to Phil was the lack of a shield. Uh, or at least it took me a while to get used oh, to it. Oh, yeah, they've, so there's a parry instead of a shield in this one. Yeah. Uh, so it's, you know, very timing-based. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think I did have trouble, but then I always do with, like, timing-based things where it's not obvious exactly when you're going to hit it. Like, it takes an hour or two to really get the feel of when that when that's meant to trigger. Yeah, because you can do that similar a similar thing with when you're equipping twin daggers in Assassin's Creed Origins, but mm. uh, it's quite, I found it very hard to do in that game. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, this this takes a while to get used to, but then yeah, eventually you're using, you just get used to how long the parry window is. Yeah. And they also told me that's something they're not done tweaking, um, the development team. So yeah, but um, I I think that Origins is a really uh, sort of strong template for mm? future Assassin's Creed games. And this choice of setting is great. The islands looked mm. amazing, didn't they? Like yeah. the kind of like uh, like marble or white chalky sort of like surfaces and ruins mm. not ruins what they're ruins now <laughs> yes I'm pretty tired just buildings <laughs> buildings just yeah ruins to be um, I, cli- I just there's like giant statues you climb as well That's like awesome. I remember like hopping up like climbing up a guy's ass and being like this is this is, <laughs> this cool. is Greece <laughs> this is yeah this yeah. I don't know enough about this to know if it's uh, what it would have been like, like or not massive but marble asses yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it's an opulent looking setting isn't it That's Mm. Yeah, nice. I'm really excited about the setting. I'm really excited about uh, the sailing being back as well. That, that kind oh, of yeah. free sailing between islands thing is a great fit. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. you look at the map and it's, uh, it's 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 enormous. It has like a big sort of like mainland area, but then yeah, loads and loads of islands. Because obviously it's it's Greece and that's like one of their things, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. they got them. Yeah, um, them and the asses. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see where that goes. Um, mm. I guess you have to move on to the next game now because if we do that for every game, then that would be it. <laughs> It's yeah. one of the big ones. Um, okay, Control then. Ooh. A new game from Remedy. Yeah. Which is quite hard to pass in the trailer, but sort of looked like a kind of spooky house game through the prism of like Lynch or something like that. But what what is the deal, Phil? Yeah, um, that's, it's certainly a spooky house game. Um, so uh, this is where we run into the fact that my memory has been wiped out from most of E3 because it is a stressful time. There's... So you have these kind of force power style abilities, right? Yes, I'm trying to remember what your what the um, the house is called. It's called the oldest house, and it's part of like the Bureau of Control. 
is the organisation that resides within the big spooky house. Right. Um, and they're some sort of like a secret agency doing unspecified spooky things. Mm. And uh, it sounds like basically trying to fight some form of chaos. Uh, and you are a person who is searching for something. They're being a bit coy about what that is. Uh, but you stumble upon the house, are seemingly trapped in there, but also manage to pick up a shape-shifting gun that means you're now the director of the institution. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. In yeah, the yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot of things to deal with. Um, but it looked like... Um, so the actual house itself, I mean, it's called a house. It's more sort of uh, a very bureaucratic office space. Um, but mixed in with like weird kind of inception-y uh, it, it actually reminds me of um, I can't remember exactly what it was called um, but there was like a mini-series years ago about a motel room uh, that there were objects of power scattered uh, yeah. around and there was like a key that let you open any door or something. Oh, that's called cool a series, yeah. Yeah, it was called cool a series from ages ago and it's got sort of that vibe to it yeah. to an extent. I'm determined to find out what it is now. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's I the think lost I... door or the lost mo- last motel or something weird. You're closer. Does yeah, it have that guy from Six Feet Under in it? Yes, I think it yeah. did, yes. But, but, <laughs> like uh, innocuous objects would have secret hidden horrible powers like a pen can turn someone inside out or something mm, you know, it yeah. just looks like any old pen but if you, if you use it correctly it's horrible I'm so close to finding out it's a good called. kind of like excellent surreal <laughs> the lost room the, the lost, lost room, room. yes okay. it's very good uh, yeah yeah there's a bit of that especially in like the, a part of what you're doing is searching for objects of power that are these things that appear around the place um, and there are like just the, the weird middle so we saw like a hands off or you know a developer played demo um, and they get to a, a section where there's like uh, just a light switch and they switch it a couple of times and boom suddenly they're in a motel corridor and they're wandering through that looking for a thing and then they transport like through a mirror in back into the office proper huh. um, so there's a lot of cool stuff going on the actual office itself is very sort of inspired by brutalism and I was talking with Sam Lake a bit and he was talking about like um, Tinker Taylor did you keep looking at his face I mean you can't not look at his face <laughs> It's a very emotive face yeah. as well. Yeah, He's when like, I met him, I was like, wow! <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was talking about like how um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy was like a big influence and that sort of um, kind of spy fiction and uh, the idea of like these in- these old bureaucracies and people who have to wear like masks and, you know, keep keep themselves under control for whatever reason. Oh. All these themes are playing into it in various ways. Um, the actual action, though, so you're fighting um, a, a, a corruption has appeared called the Hiss that has seemingly possessed a lot of the former workers of this place. Right. And you're mostly fighting them uh, with combat that is actually quite reminiscent of Quantum Break. Yeah, um, it looks a little bit like that, yeah. Yeah, there are, there are the sort of... It's not time abilities, it's more physics-based abilities, but, you know, you can pick up rubble from the ground to use as a shield and you can just throw physics objects about the place and um, cool. yeah like the, the sort of um, 
destruction elements look really cool. Like uh, there's a lot of physics going on with just and the particle effects and stuff. It looks quite nice. Oh, that's um, cool. Well, like the people, the the thing with the quantum break is people didn't really have a problem with the game itself. Just mm. more like the, the settings and, and the story. And, yeah. Like you know, just Andy was complaining about how many warehouses you fight in. You know. And it's true, it doesn't uh, have that interesting a setting, but this sounds like it's built entirely around that setting. Yeah, so. uh, yeah um, so, uh, they were also talking about like how this is like their least linear game hmm. uh, in terms of it has that kind of backtracking structure where you get abilities that will open access to different things, and so, so there's going to be a, a lot of exploration around this space as well. It's a single player only. Uh, as far as I know, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, For some reason, I thought they were making a co-op narrative game, but I may have just invented mm-hmm. that in my own mind. Hmm. Um, but so. There was no hint of that at the presentation, but you'd, you know, maybe they'll announce a thing. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Well, I'm curious. I mm. definitely think that sounds cool and a bit more yeah, it looked, from Remedy. Than... It looked really cool. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to tell, like... Uh, how kind of chunky the combat will be in that, but they tend to make decent action games. Yeah, I think they thought they were, they're sort of like third person shooters with a twist. They're good at that, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah, the setting is like a, a great reason to be really excited about it and sort of the weird shit it'll all pull. Oh, that's cool. Well, mm. I'm about to invoke the powers of Tom Senior Hello. by um, bringing up Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Oh, I've definitely yes. got the name there, right there, haven't I? Sekiro Shadows Die Twice? Uh, maybe. I know nothing about this because, like, one of the things of actually being at E3 is you, you, don't you, know, you, you can't don't be much. Yeah. You're the least informed you could ever be about what's <laughs> actually happened. Yeah, you can't see the wood for the trees at E3. It's mm. very different coming so, in from home. So, this is from Software's new game. Yeah. Um, it looks quite talky from the trailers, and it's published by Activision. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so Activision are hiring the Dark Souls studio to make an action, a third person action game. And uh, it looks talking the trailers, but apparently it's much more of a straightforward third-person hack and slash than mm. Dark Souls. Mm. Apparently, the, the thing that, so it's kind of set in sort of fantasy samurai times. You know, you've got a cool samurai sword. The, the guys you're fighting also have cool samurai swords. Occasionally, they're fifteen-foot-tall ogre people because that's how Dark Souls combat works. I think that's historical. Yeah, I think that's exactly how things work. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's, the thing is with this, apparently, it's it's, le- it's not about like putting growing stats or kind of building combat builds or you know changing up your armor and finding loads of new items like a Dark Souls or a traditional RPG apparently it's much more about just mastering the combat and getting used to your sword parry techniques and it has a very interesting health system um, where people don't have health bars they are you have stances and by doing certain attacks you put them into a weakened stance that lets you perform a finisher so it's, it's supposed to emulate a kind of Zatuichi style more tactical combat and it's supposed to be much more fast paced got like mm. a grappling hook and you're kind of zipping around the environment and you're running around a lot faster than you are in Dark Souls mm. so the, the Dark Souls comparison seems to be a little bit misleading in this case because it sounds like more of an Activision have gone up to them and said could you just make us a, a cool action game that will look nice in trailers it's directed by Miyazaki right uh, I'm not sure actually I'd have to double check that I'm pretty certain I think it is, it is but yeah. again I know nothing about this I mean, if, if he's directing it, fact check on the fly <laughs> <laughs> if, if Miyazaki's involved then there's going to be some sort of deeper lore layer to it like inevitably because he, he just loves that shit and you know I mean, it might not be an item subscription space there'll, there'll be some interesting twist he'll want to do with it I'm sure yep he's the director Brad, nice that's yeah. exciting yeah. it looks really good uh, yeah yeah it's really good to see like something that like I'm sure some people will be disappointed if it is more straight up action game, but I'm actually quite excited for them to sort of just go with something that's a bit different from what's become kind of a really cool template for them. Yeah. Like 
Yeah. God bless, a lot of people love the Dark Souls games and Bloodborne and all that, but they're kind of the same game in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I suppose then, like, um, uh, Tom, does this look more like... I actually haven't... This is one of those trailers that I missed because I was writing up another news story whilst yeah. E3 was happening. Mm. Um, but, like, um, is the action a bit close to me, like Ninja Gaiden? Is it that sort of deal? It's not quite that far into it. It's still very much, you know, lock-on and dodging sideways through yeah. stuff and, and hitting parry points at the right time. So it, de- it definitely feels like uh, a Dark Souls... Well, I mean, Dark Souls is basically sort of like Zelda combat, isn't it? It's that, that yeah, combat yeah. style, um, but sort of sped up a bit and with some new ideas um, mm-hmm. when it comes to like health bar and stances and bosses and stuff like that. You see him um, when he's fighting a boss, he uses his grappling hook to kind of grapple up to his face and slash, and like in that kind of acrobatic level of mm. combat is something you don't see in the Souls games, really. Souls games are much more like, about plodding knightly uh, combat. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Rolling around some feet. I, I think its uh, its name hurts it because. It doesn't really tell. Shadows die twice. Well, what does that even mean? You know? Yeah, it, it, Dark Souls uh, yeah. and Bloodborne were like very good names. Yeah, for, very for, evocative for what they are. They yeah. sound mysterious and, and yeah, you know, a bit grim dark as well. Sekiro, Shadows die, die twice. Yeah, <laughs> might be one of the best games. Might end up being one of the best games to come out of this E3 actually, like quietly. It was yeah. It was um, Microsoft's conference was very very good this year. Mm. I thought like um, even though most of the games there weren't games that are just on Xbox, so maybe that doesn't speak to their strengths, but certainly it's a showcase of cool shit to come. It yeah. was the best show they've done in, probably I can remember them doing, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. and as a PC gaming outlet, it kind of it's not like we're going to criticise them for releasing their stuff on our format as well. No, exactly, that's you know, it's great news. Mm. Um, uh, I suppose I should use that to naturally transition into Forza Horizon uh, nice. 4, shouldn't I? Is it 4? It or is 4. Are we? We're up to 4. Two's the one you bought an Xbox for and regretted it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't, because Forza Horizon 2 was really good. That's true. But the Xbox itself, we've discussed it before. <laughs> it was, we've, we've done this. A light, a light folly. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, so Forza Horizon 4 then, Phil, is set in the British countryside and features seasons. Seasons. Why is that exciting? Um, that's a good question. Uh, the, the, the thing they teased is that when it's winter you can drive on a lake and access new parts of the map if you did that in this country you, you would die there is no there is there is <laughs> it never gets cold like we have winter but it's not cold enough that I'd feel safe putting Even a heavy car foot, yeah. on a frozen lake that's yeah. madness I can't wait to see their interpretation of Britain it's going to be amazing in its selective uh, approach to our countryside but, they, but they're British based they are well. yeah, it's, it's, true, but it's like you know <laughs> but it's still going to be filtered through like some sort of weird yeah, kind yeah. of Video game mega games. brand Version of <laughs> is, is it all going to be the Lake District? I mean, the, or, the, or the Scottish Highlands is one of the one or the other. That's that's it's a cool setting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for that a, kind of like off-road yeah. kind of like racing stuff. Mm. It's not all off-road. It's kind of a mix, isn't it? Between it yeah, it tends to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, are there any kind of like interesting vehicle types in this they haven't done before? Or there was a hovercraft in the trailer. I've only seen the trailer because I didn't oh, cool. uh, get an appointment to this one. So, excellent. Yeah, oh yeah, I went to school with a guy who built a hovercraft <laughs> and brought it into school. He built it out of an old computer fan and. And he was mocked for it. What? Even though he Wait was 13 and he built his own hovercraft it using from, a computer fan. Was it for a mouse? Was it like a mouse sized craft? It was it? pretty small, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. You couldn't get in it. <laughs> in my head, it was like a full size thing. <laughs> couldn't fit it through the door. It's like, look what I made out of my old PC bits. <laughs> um, yeah, and he was mocked for that. Um, really? He brought it in. Like, that was the, he was probably the smartest kid in that class. Yeah, and, uh, he got jeered by um, uh, stupid lower middle class children who <laughs> went to high school. <laughs> Um, okay, anyway, yeah, so um, anything more to say on the Forza Horizon 4 front? Uh, I look forward to finding out what flavour of dickheads they have talking to you over the radio. Cockney dickheads? Oh, or? no. Oh, maybe. That's so plausible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's sad. I guess, <laughs> I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, okay, so uh, 
that's it's cool that that's coming across. And on the um, on the Microsoft front, what were the actual games they revealed that were like you can play this year that are coming out? There weren't really any apart from Forza, were there? Uh, when's Crackdown coming out? That's March, Never. Uh, February. February. <laughs> <laughs> it's February, and they still haven't. Um, like elaborated on what happens to the cloud-based destruction stuff. No, or uh, what happened to the entire original dev team who are apparently no longer working on it. Yeah, I, yeah, the Dave Jones' studio is closed, isn't it? Yes. Um, who knows what he's going on? I think it'll just be a, like a trad crackdown game, but with co-op, four-player co-op, which sounds pretty fun. Yeah, well, that's that's that is fine. No one really makes games like that now. So mm. um, they also had the, that Halo Infinite uh, reveal yeah, trailer. That's presumably a while off, right? Yeah, I thought, did anyone suspect from the name that it was going for kind of like a Destiny style? It's mm. going to be their Destiny style living game version of Halo, or maybe? Yeah, yeah. The tra- the trailer very much felt like a tech demo, really, for the engine they're using, rather than like it didn't show any combat or anything. It just showed like a, a you know a Halo car. I can't remember what it's called. A Halo car on the original Halo, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and, and um, then the the gun for the rest of the Halo stretching out behind it, which kind of implies a bit more of an open world mm. setting, perhaps. Mm. But they, they were pretty slight on the details. I guess I'm so used to completely meaningless subtitles for game series that Halo Infinite evokes nothing for me. <laughs> it's... Yeah. Well, I just assume that it's because it's the it's the we talked about this in our E3 highs. Oh, no, it's like a trends we noticed at E3. Mm. Like the the living game isn't going anywhere. Right? Mm. Um, have on. Yeah, this and if you don't like, uh, you know, Destiny 2's expansion, the Forsaken, you have the Division 2, and if you don't like that, you have what's another one they had there? There's definitely another one. Anthem. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, they all vying for your time, and that is going to be the thing, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which one wins sure. the time battle? Um, especially between Anthem and the Division 2. That's those are, those two are releasing really pretty. Yeah, close together. I'm quite. I'm still quite put off by the Division 2 setting. It's a bit too grim for me. Like in terms of a place I want to spend hundreds and hundreds of hours. That's true. Although it is way more colourful than mm. yeah. uh, the more Division open, 1, right? As well. Yeah, it's right? more sort of summary. It looks. Yeah. Um, this one's set in Washington DC in the summer. Yeah, basically. The um, and yeah, like we did a mission, and it was just through sort of a standard post-apocalypse building mm. but going up to like a crashed airplane that was kind of cool um, and then the Ubisoft booth had a power cut uh, so I just sat there for 15 minutes because that couldn't be resolved <laughs> <laughs> was this um, did E3 have their sorry did Ubisoft have their E3 stuff off the show floor this year uh, it was in a yeah a, an upstairs oh, meeting good. so you didn't room. have to listen to Just Cause not oh, Just yeah. Cause sorry Just, just Dance, Dance Music yeah. I did not that's good <laughs> No, that was the thing that every three was punctuated by that. Yeah. It's like hearing the one dance track over and over again. So that's quite good for your sanity, I think. Mm. Um, okay, well, you know, that's eventful, I guess. Maybe it was like um, a kind of like storytelling stunt to <laughs> underline the setting <laughs> and the context in which you find yourself in the Division 2. They poisoned um, all your money. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, is there anything else to sort of say on the Division 2 front? Well, is there anything to more to it than the setting that's kind of exciting or mm. interesting? The problem is I didn't really get into the Division 1 so it's hard to identify what like the key features of this sequel are yeah, in the same way like it, yeah. you know it's it's got some different powers um, and things like that some abilities but I like it's nice that you can make robot bees come and murder a person I guess like yeah. that's fine um, I don't know what that means to the long term structure of that game Apparently they've got um, the big things have added is like end game classes almost so you get to level thirty 
and then you'll specialize with crossbow oh. or a sniper rifle and that will unlock like new trees that you go on and the idea is they're trying to put in a more structured end game with, and raids as well that's as pretty stuff clever like that. so just more organized raid driven mm. you know high level mission driven stuff after you've completed the main sort of story campaign is it like free raids as well is it like or at least a free raid yeah I, I, think, think, I think I remember hearing I that I think they said that the updates are going to be free for it but yeah I'm pretty sure they did say that. that yeah they did say that a bunch yeah. I think they said a bunch of it will be free yeah um, but yeah yeah so it's, uh, yeah better long term prospect and it just still looks beautiful by the looks of it like mm, the yeah. division one was beautiful as well yeah again like all of these games have benefited from the fact that Destiny 2 has sort of gone off mm. the boil slightly or at least to, to an extent that you know people were uh, vocally disappointed at the end of the last year for sure um, um, how do well, we feel about the new expansion for that one then guys people seem to love the sort of PvP slash PV crossover mode I can't remember what it's called it begins with a G Gambit. Gambit, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, like everyone who played that seemed to be really into it. Um, yeah, yeah. So that, but it, you know, it's hard to know like how much. It, it Destiny 2 sort of needs more than just a mode to kind yeah. of correct course. Yeah. Um, as much as I still enjoy shooting things in that game. Mm. It does sound like a, a chunky one. Uh, Destiny 1 went through the same sort of pattern mm. where the first year of content was like really underwhelming and just before the first like mega expansion came out everyone was miserable and hated it and pretty exactly what's happened with Destiny 2 basically and then the first expansion massively turned it around and then people got really miserable until just before Destiny 2 <laughs> was announced so the same thing is going to happen again yeah so basically after this we're expecting an underwhelming expansion next year mm. and followed by a new game that people don't like followed <laughs> by an expansion that people do like or, 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 or buy, the... and, buy and then complain about yeah. for two years until the next one comes out the thing about um, this one the, the sort of mid-cycle expansion is always their really big one where they have like loads and loads of new actual terrain it's also the one where Bungie actually develops all of it, so we're not going to see you know levels and stuff developed by like Vicarious Visions or someone else. And frankly, Bungie are amazing at mm. you know what they do. Uh, so the new stuff is uh, a big new open area in the Reef, which is like a floating kind of purple asteroid field. I remember the Reef. Um, yeah. yeah, so apparently that's going to be a big explorable area. But the thing I'm most excited about is a kind of new endgame zone, which is. I can't remember what they called it, like the Dream World or something. Is it, it looks like unicorns might live there, like rainbows, <laughs> and floating islands. And, They'll uh, live there, and you'll have to shoot them. Yeah, giant marble. Shoot them on their on their unicorn on their horn, on their horn yes, for crit we, damage. We, <laughs> <laughs> crit horn. Uh, yeah, so that area apparently is going to host endgame challenges and the raid, and it looks absolutely beautiful. It looks unlike anything they've ever sort of made before in terms of in environment terms. Ah, mm. What about like the sort of tone of uh, what they're going for? So the, the trailer oh, was yeah. quite grim, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, like it's also very. Spoilery is something that I thought they might hold back a bit. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess it sort of shows like where Bungie's at at the moment mm. that they if, they'll do anything to drag people back, and part of that is saying, "Hey, here's a major character we're killing off. Yeah, come sure. and see what that's about." Yeah, hmm. uh, should we mention it? Well, to be honest, it was impossible. We don't need to. to. Well, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, we can. <laughs> it's up to you two. I don't mind. Um, basically, it's going to take a darker tone, and you know, they're killing off a major character, and and that's going to change the perception of it'll change the tone of the whole world, really. Because based on what that character brought in terms of bants mm. the bants are getting <laughs> killed off Sam that's what's <laughs> happening but that, was the, that was the thing with the Taken King is that character was the reason it was oh like this this kind of dry boring sci-fi setting that nonetheless looks very nice has come to life because yeah. Nathan Villian is I guess delivering okay. some bants yeah. yes exactly yeah. like uh, yeah this is it you're paying for £30 worth of Nathan Villian bants mm. and it was well worth the money yes. as well as obviously an excellent expansion um, so yeah uh, it's it's weird to me that they would that they would go darker, but maybe they'll just go for something that's a bit a bit more in the middle, less mm. less jokey. And because I guess like Destiny 2's campaign has a slightly kind of like a bit of a kind of like 
rollicking, yeehaw, sort of like adventure quality to I, it. As, but then I guess it is, it's a grim setting as well. Like, like the opening to it is like full, yeah, like grim, dark, end of end of civilization as we know it. Um, but then like you, you that, in Destiny 2's campaign, you work to bring the bounce back. Yeah. Um, that's it. It definitely, I definitely, yeah. From my plate, I don't, I didn't recall it being banned slight. No, certainly not. Um, no. no. But either way, whatever happens, people will moan about it. Like they literally yes. can't win. If they go with more bans, the, the, the community will hate it. If they go with less, then they'll be like, oh, it's too serious now. It's weird, isn't it? People, I still feel like people haven't really um, worked out what it is they exactly expect from a living game, mm. like an, a game that you pay forty pounds for, maybe twenty pounds extra for the expansions, and then you play for like two years like how much it's supposed to give you like, yeah. but I don't I just can't see people ever agreeing on that on the principles of that um, no yeah. they're also changing the update structure apparently so it sounds like there's going to be less sort of story driven expansions mm. with single player missions and more like uh, more regular events that sort of happen in the world that already exists uh, which is interesting. So, uh, yeah, interesting, but also to an extent, it's what they did with the Taken King. There were no mm. like DLC drops for that. It was all just live events, and to be honest, they were all bad. Mm. I don't yeah. really remember them now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they did like a couple of. They did like various things, like a, a speedway racer mini game event oh, yeah. over Christmas, oh, and a yeah. few other things like that. And really, nothing until uh, they released like the third years. Actual Ooh, proper expansion, cool. which was super bad. Mm. Okay, well, um, yeah, it's, I guess it'll be interesting to see where we're at. It's not far away, is it? September? September. Is that right? mm, so, sounds yeah. right. All right. Okay, so the next game I have listed is dun, 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 Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Shit. Right. So Phil has seen the mythical uh, in-game, the mythical hour-long uh, in-game demo. It was an hour. The demo. It wow, was wow. what a good. Yeah, forty-five minutes to an hour long. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm surprised that no through. one record tried recording it, but like, I guess it was like super under lock and key, right? So you only had pros there or whatever. Mm, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Well, there were a lot of people packed in throughout. Like, it, there were always queues to see that throughout the, the week. Well, it wasn't on the show floor, was it? It no. was like um, it was in a room. So yeah, I just the kind of reason I asked that is that when Avengers shows off like a trailer, it leaks, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's been interesting seeing people talk about the fidelity of the world and how much uh, attention to detail has been put to like adverts and textures mm-hmm. and all that stuff. What did you make of it, Phil? Um, it looks really good. Um, there, there is a lot going on, and it is amazing to think that like yeah, it's um, you know running off essentially the modified Witch Three tech because it. It looks nothing like that game. It looks everything feels different from the scale to the presentation. Um, it's first person is, I guess, the more controversial thing that came out of people's reports. It was certainly yeah, it was certainly a big big story for us. Um, yeah, is that controversial though? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't be bothered to read comments that week. There's <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a backlash to it mm. um, because people kind of want to see their own character. And apparently, I think CD Projekt Red said that you will be able to see us. You will see your own character. You do. Um, uh, like you see them in third person during cutscenes and stuff. Right. It seems like, yeah. and so obviously you can press the character menu and you'll see your character. Mm. And... Imagine getting mad about that when you know <laughs> almost nothing about the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there are. A lot of touchstones coming it from. Uh, Deus Ex seems to be the most obvious one. Like it has that reactive set of systems feel to it. Um, you can obviously augment yourself with various different things, and uh, you know, be it weapons or 
arm chisels, like those mantis arms from that first trailer thing. That's a thing that you'll get later in the game, and you can use them to cling onto a wall and then dive stab onto some dude from above. Can you sort of climb buildings and stuff then? Don't know. Okay. That's not something they did because they had to use a developer code to unlock all the things at the end just to show us what it looks like when you cling onto a wall and stab a person. It's cool that they were demoing it live, though. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it was definitely live because at one point they they did a slide in the wrong place and the game crashed. So like, <laughs> it's always good to know that they are actually playing a thing yes, as opposed true. to just like pretending. That happened when they demoed The Witcher 3, actually. They, that crashed while they were demoing it to me with, in E3 2013. So, mm. yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. Um, okay, carry on, Phil. Sorry. Yeah, um... So you play as V, your name is, um, just the letter. Uh, it can be yeah, male or female, create character however you want. Um, it's, you know, despite having that first-person combat and that RPG feel, it is still very much an RPG. Like, we saw the, like, the character stats page, and it's got your usual, like, strength, whatever, but also one called Cool, which is, you know, a pretty cyberpunk thing, I guess. Yeah, uh, I don't know what that... Is it from the... I assume game. it is from yeah. the yeah the, the the role playing game. This is all based on, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, you're sort of just, you know just exist within within the underworld doing jobs for local like crime people and trying to get in with various groups. Um, we saw a mission to uh, rescue somebody from like some underground smuggling ring. Um, and there seem to be various ways that you can complete that, uh, various ways you can take that down. People you can like go and talk to. It's that thing where someone says, I've got a job for you, and you have these multiple ways you can go off and you know you go towards this one character who will probably betray you or just go direct, that kind of thing. So it's doing all of the things that you, know, you want from that kind of game. It seems to nicely bridge kind of RPG systems and that more action-oriented, stealth-oriented sort of immersive sim kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it looks, it, I mean, it looks amazing. Like the characters look super detailed, the environment. Um, so like, I guess one of the things um, in Deus Ex is it felt the environments are kind of beautiful, but like their scale feels pretty normal. Like there's nothing about them that feels like unbelievable when you see it. Whereas like yeah, I mean it's dazzling when you walk through Prague at night for the first time, mm. um, like and see all the kind of like that plain hologram above you and all that stuff. But this is but like yeah, when you when you walk out of Jensen's apartment block, it's just an apartment block. It's three levels. You leave it. It's you there are know, no skyscrapers, right? No. Whereas yeah. when you you're walking out of his apartment and you are just in this massive, like the central massive skyscraper, like going around. Um, a, a sort of central open area and there are just like markets and things built into it uh, you know there's, there's sort of a community living within that um, and you think wow this is like an amazing scale for this sort of area but then you walk out and you're actually into the city proper as well Ooh, and then it opens up more uh, and then it then, looks big yeah you can get in a car and start driving around because there are vehicles in it that's probably the dodgiest looking part is the vehicle physics just seemed a bit like oh I imagine this is going to be the, the sort of weak point in it unless they properly fine tune it I guess it. it's but, really early isn't it but it is also early they're probably yeah. you know they're probably hiring people to tweak that stuff like because uh, I mean there's no release date right so no. I would probably say end of next year or the earliest wouldn't it mm. yeah yeah, the very earliest I imagine yeah, um, yeah. okay um, yeah so yeah, so it, it, the world feels like I guess not. Uh, it's not 
not immersive sim sized it feels open world game sized you look at it and think that is gigantic I mean that's the suggestion we were given I don't know whether it's going to be like a Witcher 3 sized world or whether it's going to be more like centred around this city specifically um, it's hard to work out like the scale of it based on what is quite clearly like a fairly controlled vertical slice type yeah, chunk yeah. Um, but I mean um, it like it certainly looked bigger than yeah any one hub area from a Deus Ex or something like that, which yeah suggests that, that there is definitely that kind of freeform RPG element to it. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So they said it's set in Night City, and Night City is like the place where the, the pen and paper RPG is set. Mm. So it makes sense for the whole game to just be that city. Yes. It sounds like I mean I I love the idea that they take all the resources that they used to create the entire world of The Witcher Three and actually concentrated that into one massively vertical mm. uh, cyberpunk futuristic city or something. Oh yeah, so. six me like uh, I, yeah it was it was more that like uh, I was just kind of I'm just trying to like picture what it looks what that area looks like mm. whether it looks like you know because you talk about Deus Ex Deus Ex is just a series of little hubs really but like yes. um, if you can get in a car that does suggest quite yeah this all setting. seems like fairly seamless um, in terms of going from place to place. Uh, Although, again, they did do a slide which crashed the game, which let them reload the next area as part of the save. So. <laughs> you have to ask someone else who saw the demo. Mm, yeah. So. <laughs> um, How did this drive go? Hmm. So, uh, I've, I've, I've more questions, but I know, Tom, you, you really dug the trailer, didn't you? Yeah, the trailer they put out basically was like a tone-setting thing that showed you almost like a slice of life in the city and the various sort of levels of power and people who actually work there. And you see, like, some gangers who are like augmented themselves getting shot up by the sort of roaming cops slash paramedics that you know apparently they serve as the authorities in uh, Night City they're just kind of a, they're like a force that comes to shoot out and they'll shoot bad guys and then they'll try and save anyone who's left yeah because <laughs> they're kind of like a quite a ruthless sort of oh, yeah, satire yeah. of the American health system is that right <laughs> Oh, probably. <laughs> I think it is now. I think um, our cyberpunk piece went into this. Yeah, so it's uh, it's like any cyberpunk thing where um, corporate power is shown as being utterly ruthless and the thing that actually controls people's lives. And you know, governments are corrupt and corporations basically run things and own part, parts of the city. And you know, they're obviously control people using money, which is a bit, you know uh, the political stance that cyberpunk generally mm. takes towards uh, on these things. So I'd expect to see that reflected in it. But I, I was really taken with the color of it and almost the Luke Besson Fifth Element style uh, presentation. That most seems overplayed in that trailer yeah. and it might I don't I I'm not sure how much love of the tonal difference there is there based on like I don't know how what we saw fits into the overall thing but right. it did seem quite like dark in places mm. and you know almost what I expected from it based on that first trailer um like it, the, the very first thing they do is break into this building where smugglers are hiding out and um Go to rescue this woman who is just naked in a bath, and it's all very grubby and like seedy looking. And yeah, I suppose then, what do you kind of make of that side of things, Phil? Because, like, how I guess how their female characters are portrayed, and I saw that figure they were giving out uh, at the booth, and like of that art that's been doing the rounds for ages of that woman in her pants kneeling down. Mm. Uh, who may or may not be a cyborg, I have no idea, or android or whatever. But um, what is the kind of, what is, what's that side of things like, I guess? It's hard to judge just based on like an out of context situation. Like, you kind of expect a bit of grime in your cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't want to like condemn it in the way I'd like. I raised an eyebrow at something like Altered Carbon, which was kind of grotty for the sake of it in a lot of places and yeah. has a very 
you know, specific way of dealing with, you know, how women exist in that society. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen like I haven't seen like much like criticism of this stuff. I was just I kind mean, of curious how it kind of how it manifests in the in what you saw the hour long demo. There was just a naked woman in a bath, I guess. That's it, really. <laughs> I mean, um, it, and like of the you know a few female characters, one was like um, a more corporate CEO type, so they they're acting based on their class and job role more than anything, right. anyway, uh, and. Um, the V of this demo uh, was the female character model and, you know, were doing the strong female protagonist thing, booting men out of a bed in the morning because she's used them for what she wants. Okay. That right. sort of stuff. You know, it's it's hard to see around the things that are just open player choices anyway. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. beyond that, um, so, you know, remains to be seen. Oh, it's like, I'm not overtly worried about it or anything. It's not like I saw anything that I was like, oh, I've got to go write my op-ed now. No, that's fine. Yeah, I wasn't trying to uh, track <laughs> into uh, op-ed territory. I was just curious because, yeah, I, was, I just saw, I saw a little bit of discussion about that figure and I was like, oh, I wonder what that says about the tone of the game sort of generally. Yeah, but, it's a weird one because, like, I don't know. I don't know what that character, if that character is even in the game, or yeah. whether it was just like an incredibly early kind of artistic statement or something. Yeah, it, yeah. Because uh, certainly the the trailer looks very different. Their arm chisels are in the game, but beyond that, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then this is what I'm going to ask about. Then finally, is the um, what is the combat like in the in the demo? I thought it looked pretty good. Um, probably. Again, to make the Deus Ex comparison, probably better than the combat in that look. It's, I mean, it's well, hard to tell because not I've, too hard. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, but I've played that and I've not played this. And um, oh, Dishonored is the is my I guess like the <sighs> the touch touchstone for like really good responsive first person. I mean, combat it, with a bit of acrobatics, right? It is. It is a lot of gunplay and stuff, and it it seemed to be specifically like directed during the play session to make it seem more tense like lots of missed shots and you know like protracted firefights that I think if you were playing they'd be like god I'm still doing this eh but in you know a thing designed for people to watch it uh, makes it seem sort of more exciting and reactive okay yeah. um, I know I think Tim had that wasn't as impressed with the combat when he saw it yeah. but like uh, me and Evan Lassie um uh, our US uh, globally, I see, went into the same session and came out going. Actually, no, it looked, you know, pretty pretty solid, pretty robust. Uh, lots of cool powers to deploy, that sort of thing. Um, Is it kind of parkoury in terms of your movement around and stuff like that? Because you mentioned that you could grapple up to a thing. Yeah, that was more like um, that was more a sort of stealth take on it. Um, okay, yeah. But I don't see a reason why you couldn't deploy that kind of thing within combat. Um, there were the, the scene we saw, like there was um, V went in with like some a couple of allies, a couple of friends or whatever. So there was some like flanking maneuvers and stuff, and I'll get I'll get around them while they're doing that. And um, and it was mostly it was mostly focused on the gunplay itself, as opposed to. Yeah, using traversal with in in a way you would in Dishonored necessarily. Okay, but again, you, maybe that's a different build or whatever. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, I've uh, I've grilled you a lot there, but I think it was worth it to hear mm. some of those cool details yeah, that people, the, you know, pretty much uh, the game of the show for most people who went to cover it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like uh, it's 
it's one of the most exciting things there and because it kind of at least that demo kind of existed in a state where it felt like oh shit yeah this is a thing that actually exists now and yeah. like we will be playing one day it doesn't feel like some a mad set of promises that don't that aren't there. There are quite and a few games at E3 this year that do fit into that camp you're describing. Yes, there are. Um, no, no, this is this is this is a video game and it's being made. Yeah, I can't believe it's actually happening. Yeah, but, you know, there's a nice contrast with Elder Scrolls Six and Starfield, which are like Starfield. I'm, I'm sure is in a, in a is in a more advanced state because they've opened a bunch of studios working on different stuff. At yeah, but. Elder Scrolls 6, obviously. <laughs> like, they literally yeah, said, here's what we'll be working on after Starfield. Yeah. See you in ten years. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think yeah. Todd Howard said that um, Starfield is in a playable state of some kind. So it's yeah, at yeah, that yeah. level. It's not like pre-production. I think it looks like Elder Scrolls is like pre-pre-production or whatever yeah. that is. Like, a purely concept stage at the moment. Yeah, like, yeah. It looks like they just sort of randomly generated some terrain for that trailer. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, we were at people were trying to do trailer analysis, us included, and it's like nothing you can really put out. Didn't, of basically, did the analysis for everyone come down to there are some rocks Look, that or it's this place called uh, Rockfell or whatever yeah. it's called. <laughs> uh, look, it wasn't Game Show in its finest hour, but we had to do it, damn it. <laughs> it was like it was something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, was like, yeah. Oh wow, yeah, some rocks. This, I mean you can't here's find a place those that has any... rocks in that fiction. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, it might be Elder Scrolls Hammerfell. <laughs> It didn't help that, like, um, I think Pete Hines said that there were, like, clues in the trailer as to the yeah. location of yeah, the game. Yeah, thanks, like, Pete. Thanks for like, creating that work. No, there aren't, Pete! Our entire industry <laughs> spending hours like, going You didn't even say that, Pete. We'd have done it anyway. Yes. <laughs> We'd have done that to ourselves. <laughs> I'll tell you what, actually, I thought that um, an underrated sort of game at E3 was Rage 2. I thought the mm. gameplay, tra- gameplay footage for that looks really good. It looks really fun. It looks like, were you at that conference, Phil? I was not. Which was just as well, because everybody was queuing outside it for about 30 minutes. Oh, what, in a baking hot sun? Yeah, oh, they, oh, I, lovely. When I went there, I was, we were out there for like an hour, and it was, yeah, about to hand out water to people. <laughs> <sighs> I um, I saw, uh, yeah, I, I thought it looked a lot like Bulletstorm in an open world. Mm. Um, but it's not nice. cross with doom in an open world yeah. and that suits me just fine uh, lots of kind of like um, like again sort of force pushy and sort of slam down mm. sort of powers and uh, nice looking guns quite a quite a fun tone that hopefully won't manifest in too irritating a, a, a way um, uh, yeah yeah I thought I thought it really cool yeah vehicle combat looks quite fun in that as well uh, yeah a nice blend of doom style shooting in an open world with cool vehicle combat would be great I like mm. the idea of like it just get getting loads of getting like other studios to make their games then just going we'll help you make the shooting we're really good at shooting go do the open world games you do. we'll just control do paste our shooting into that do I know how game development works do you need a shotgun because boy do we have that shotgun um, I, uh, it is a busy time for Avalanche because yeah. they also uh, I guess Revealed Just Cause 4 and yeah that was uh, do you know what that is a game that I think suffered from being in amongst too much other stuff at E3 like that would have been like a perfect announcement for like a month ago when yeah. nothing was happening and they could go it's just cause but here's some fucking weather and like you know yeah. <laughs> but tornado and like um, tornadoes you can actually blow towards enemies right? <laughs> so <laughs> what? so there's kind of like an escort mission for the tornado um, what you escort the tornado you have to Protect the tornado. So the the bad boys have set up some wind guns that direct the tornado towards a resistance That's area. Not how weather works. And you 
as Rico need to disable those guns in order to redirect the tornado back on its original path towards the enemy base. As God intended. <laughs> also, it sounds like at some point you will get access to these specific things and will be able to direct the tornado around yourself, yes. Yeah, fair enough. It did look really, like, cool. Like, it, uh, but I... Uh, it looks like it drags in loads of sort of physics op- objects and oh, yes. and then it it looked, it looked quite grand. I, I suppose like the thing I was wondering from the demo uh, that you saw, uh, sort of how how much damage do these do these things do? Because Just Cause tends to be games where you have loads and loads of buildings around, but you can only blow up the things that have like red markers on them, and that's not really. It doesn't end up being like loads of the environment. So I'm curious what. If it kind of blows into a town, what sort of carnage? It's it do? still hard to say. Like the demo ended on that, and now the tornado is going towards the city. Fade to black. You don't get to see that game. Journalists <laughs> buy the game. Um, um, so that it'll put it'll probably so it'll put in cars and stuff, right? So that would be yes, cool. yeah. yeah it's pulling those, and obviously like the red chaos object things, and it seemed like a bit more. But again, it's hard to say for sure because of how certain camera angles were directed <laughs> as that was going through. Yeah, Because, okay. um, yeah, like, you can fuck up a bridge in Just Cause 4, it seems like, in a variety of ways, but, you know, bridges have always been also stand out as a thing that you could destroy but kind of respawn yes, yeah, whenever. Yes, you can always fuck up a bridge in yeah. Just Cause 2, I think. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, Alright, yeah, so, yeah, that's, uh, I, I'm definitely, I don't think that's a kind of, like, high-concept idea Just Cause needed, though, mm. to come back. You know? Sure, yeah, I mean, there's lots of fun-looking toys in that. Like, your grappling hook is just becoming increasingly more bizarre. It can now just attach balloons to things and rocket (laughs) boosters and whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just sandbox shit you can do still. Yeah, it's kind of... I like the idea of there being, like, a uh, sandbox game where someone's basically put god mode on, you know, or, like... Yeah, that's pretty entertaining. I think the problem is, like, I don't know... That was all. All that stuff was great in Just Cause 3 as well, and my problem with that was it's, like, just mission structure really didn't do it any favours at all you like st- you still never have enough to really lock you into a campaign of Just Cause do you, you just sort of no. use it up for all of the fun open world times and then you kind of ditch it yeah um, loads of the missions were like destroy 74% of the buildings in this settlement exactly yeah. there was so, just so much of that game was just go through every bit of the map and like every place and destroy yeah. X number of things, things and it's, it's like, like popping balloons basically oh it got a bit irritating and like tedious and you don't want your fun open world sandbox systems to be just busy work yeah yeah that's that's a criticism that goes all the way back to the first just for sure yeah Um, never had good missions really no but i think the nice world i think the structure of just cause 2 was slightly better in the the way it presented destroying things seemed to feed back into fun systems more often or fun unlocks more often as in, like you, because you could just call in vehicles and stuff yeah. like that. They made it. They made a good fist of doing that. Uh, also, that was such an upgrade in sort of world yes, quality yeah, from the sure. original Just Cause. That was the thing about that. This, like, I, I actually thought when playing the disappointing thing about playing three is it didn't feel vastly different to two in terms of the quality of the world. Even though I know that the textures look a lot nicer, yeah. it didn't feel like that the same sort of leap. Um, and I don't, I don't know if this will either, but the weather thing certainly adds a, a hint of yeah, novelty. And also, like adding dynamic events to that world, that's quite an exciting, mm, yeah. exciting thing to do. That's cool. The um, the one thing I do worry about is the enemies because they they, get, they were talking about like how the enemies are more kind. Of, they have more tricks, and you know they have more ways to try and take you down, and they're smarter, and they do this, and it's like. Do I want just causes enemies to be smart and to have lots of ways to fuck up my fun, or do I just want them to be like random grunts that I can just mow through 
easily. Yeah. Uh, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, okay. Um, Alright then. Uh, games we have left to discuss. Should we fire through them reasonably quickly? Yep. Um, okay, um, Yakuza 0 got announced for the PC. Yeah. I can't believe you just said, should we go through them quickly and then just <laughs> Yakuza <laughs> Sorry, 0. What are you doing to me? <laughs> Is this one of your favourite games, Phil? Basically, of the, I got very deep into that series mm. last year, uh, and now Yakuza 0 is coming to PC. Yeah. Uh, announced at our very own PC gaming show. Is a really good place to jump into the series, despite it being the sixth game of that series because it is the first chronologically uh, so yeah it's just a great place to be a great way to be introduced to like its main characters yeah I've been playing it uh, recently actually and like um, it's it, while it does introduce about 9,000 characters in the first hour yes um, it does it's uh, it's it's a very nice world and it's a, a, a fun chunky combat system mm. and um, lots of like interesting little div- uh, sort of side Side hustles um, dotted around the world. It's uh, yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, it's just a weirdly warm-hearted game about people who punch people forever. The tone just goes like whoa all yeah. over the it place. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah the the actual it's it's so weird because the actual main story is uh, very serious a lot of the time and is mostly about a land deal. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which kind of makes sense in uh, it's given its setting. It right, yeah. Land is so precious, mm. but, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But then, like, you go off the critical path and wander into a story where, like, there's a dominatrix who is too nervous to do her job properly, so you have to help her become more confident. Yeah, yeah. Some of the encounters with side characters are just really funny and yeah. weird. And you're a fan of the, the game, Tom? Yeah, I'm, I've only played uh, Yakuza Zero, and it took me like a couple of hours to get into it because it does front load a lot of cutscenes and things. And I didn't know what the kind of pattern of the game was, but actually, it's a, a really it gives you like two little open worlds that are just full of things that are constantly popping up and kind of shouting at you to come over. So you, you between the story missions, I sort of just wander around and people just come up to you and very strange, uh, surreal, but quite heartwarming stories happen. Uh, so the, the citizens of, of those cities are just kind of like a weird character in and of themselves. Like just, They're so kind of strange and zany and they've all got problems. And even though you're playing like an often very cruel like gangster person, you, you actually... like. You end up really liking the main characters because you're basically your instinct is to help people out all the time. And yeah. like, uh, I don't know, there's something really nice about the sort of the way it's localized and the writing in it as well. That's just very, very funny. Uh, yeah. And I actually really enjoy reading through the cutscenes every time and just like getting a sense of Kiryu and you know those characters. Yeah, I'd only ever played uh, Yakuza One on PS2. Um, which, as I understand it, does it have a lot of the side content cut out? I or? think it has quite a lot of the side con- uh, side content cut out. I also. Think the localization was like way less faithful and more about it, more just tried to write a new kind of story in it for Western audiences. Yeah, it's not, it wasn't very good, it was very serious, and a lot of the same sort of systems apply. People just pick fights with you in this kind of like block of you know, a fictional block of Tokyo. Mm. Um, what's it called? Is it Kamarocho? Something like that, Kamarocho, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, so um. Mm, it's cool that it's coming to PC though, and you get to write about it. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's not the only one, is it? It's Kiwami's coming as well. Yeah, Kiwami, the, the remake of the first game, which is, I would say, a bit weaker. Um, yeah, yeah, some of its side modes are uh, a little bit tedious, but you can bang but through it, the story, can't yeah, you? So bang through the story again. It introduces some more characters. It seems like, yeah, I mean those. 
Kiwami follows on chronologically from Zero, so it is like the next chunk of that story. And yeah, it's cool. And they're not hopefully, they you know, co- there'll be more besides. Yeah, hopefully they don't cost a lot either. I think it's fifteen pounds on Steam. Yeah, that's just yeah. really. It good. was like yeah, I think it was announced twenty dollars, fifteen pounds kind of price. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That is good that, deal. That is very good. That's like a, a good gift for people who have waited to play those games. Mm. Um, okay, then uh, I'll. Spotted some other games at the PC gaming show. Um, there's Manny to the Shark game, yeah, um, which was a really cool, great, weird, a very good thing. response. It did, yeah. Um, I think my people reminded some people of Jaws Unleashed, the PS2 game, like, <laughs> but obviously a much higher fidelity. Mm. Uh, Satisfactory, the first person sort of like yeah. uh, it's like a kind of like mi- a mix of a whole bunch of different stuff, right? It's like kind of like a factory sim game. Yeah, there's a bit of Factorio with, there, I guess. Yeah, with, yeah. Um, Star Wars is, you know, it's, it's. I mean, like in terms of like the color palette and that, it's very reminiscent of something like No Man's Sky, that yeah, kind of yeah, sci-fi, um, bright colors, mm. yeah. Um, Sable looked really cool as well. Yeah, it's beautiful, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I um, I'm trying to remember. If I, <laughs> I think I played a bit of Sable. Uh, that's the cell shaded yeah. kind of exploration you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, it's sort of still very early on but it's a very uh, pretty exploration uh, game where you, you get access to and I think either build or uh, can find a bunch of different uh, like hover bike things that you use to just go around the world there are puzzles to there are like temples that contain puzzles within them and uh, it looks yeah just kind of sedate and nice yeah, I was hoping. I, I I kind of agree with some of the comments that were saying it would be rad if you could hunt things on your bike and like <laughs> it's kind of like a, a sort of ray at the start of uh, the Force Awakens kind of like simulator yeah. where you go out and hunt things and exchange them to stay alive or something like that. But it's what video games need is more murder. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just ruining games. Um, another thing that was at our show, which was cool, was the first Hitman Two footage. Yes, um, uh, all set in. Uh, I keep saying it's Monaco, but it's not, is it? It's in Miami. America, Miami. Mm. Um, and it's a Back racetrack. A uh, racetrack. I'd played that as well. Oh, cool, yeah. And so it's, um, it's uh, it, it looks like basically more of the same, and more of the same is totally fine, right? Yeah, it looks a lot like more of the same, although, uh, yeah, this time your target is just driving around a track. That's one of two targets uh, actually in that level, although uh, the demo only let us kill the one, the one who's actually driving around the track, uh, and only in two very specific ways. Uh, there was a man sat next to us throughout the demo who just explained what to do with each chapter. To do to, to complete it in a timely manner, well, so that the next group could come in. Yeah, it was just two of the opportunity types, um, and also I kept making a fool of myself while playing it because, despite the fact I have reviewed every every episode of the many first times, Hitman, yeah. and I've reviewed that game many times, uh, the controls were inverted in the demo I played, <laughs> and so I looked like uh, like I didn't know how video games do. <laughs> could you, did you ask them to change that? Or? Uh, the menu didn't seem to work. So. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well that's a shame, but like, um, um, but what, yeah, it's um, what were the two ways you got to kill the target? Uh, so the one I picked was um, disguising as a member of the pit crew and just hiding a bomb on their car, um, and the other one was you get a sniper rifle and you just shoot them in the head as they drive on by. That's cool. Um, it would be, is there any uh, sort of scenario where you can drive another car and ram him off the road, or that seems like something they wouldn't? It seems they unlikely. wouldn't do. But, um, <laughs> But that would be cool, though. Yeah, like and you could just frame it as an accident. Yeah, interesting way. if you could be like one of the competitors. Although, when the demo starts, the race is already in progress, and I don't know if that's the case. Like right. for the full level, that makes um, sense. Yeah, 
it's cool though. I did think that that it's a great a great choice of setting. Yeah, they really look nice cool. and busy. Wasn't there a point in the trailer where a guy gets slapped with a fish as well? I thought that uh, there is a fish, and you can slap somebody with it. That's Although, cool. if you do that, you're bad at Hitman because it generates a lot of noise. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sort of like, there's no reason to do it other than to make a gif of it, right? Yeah. And that, uh, yeah. Mm. Um, it was also cool because there's. Um, did you see like the flamingo mascot thing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, that disguise seems to be tied to another Hitman who's operating in the, another assassin Ooh. who's operating in that Ooh. area. Like there were things I caught conversations of, and it was just talking to other people. They mentioned, yeah, I think there's something going on there with like there is another assassin about, and they're doing their job is something, and we couldn't find out what it was in the demo, but it might be like a bonus objective. Yeah, to... that will be like an interesting thing to see, like if they. If they are trying to make more story beats play out within levels themselves, there's a that's a nice callback to Blood Money's Mardi Gras level when yeah. there are other assassins in chicken outfits and wandering around in the crowds. So yeah, that's nice. That's cool. Uh, yeah, so very promising then. Mm. Um, probably a, like a secret game of the year candidate. I mean, it could well be because um, it is just going to be a full thing they release as well, six levels straight off the bat, nice. and then two more post-release. Oh right? really? I think there's like some post-release element to interest. Um, I, I mean, yeah, there'll be back not to because um, despite a lot of complaints and a lot of people not really understanding it because it was sort of messaged very badly from the off, yeah. um, the episode thing really worked well. Um, so just like getting more levels up front and then having a few you know DLC levels after the fact, it seems like a good compromise. Yeah, I like the idea of them investing loads and loads of time into building like a, a very rich level you can unpick mm. slowly and find all these different elements to it. Whereas mm. earlier Hitman's, um, particularly like two and contracts, would repeat the same settings but have you do something else and just you'd see the same textures over and over again. Um, but yeah, it's far more interesting to just have one setting that feels very complete, isn't it? Yeah, um, it chunks up really nicely that game. Like a level is is. It's not just a video game level like any other video game. It's like a, a dense, rich, interlocking thing that is like a puzzle that you can just uh, explore and enjoy and sort of uh, solve over a period of months. Yeah. So um, the thing that happens when they're all in one game is that you sort of gloss through with one level. Yeah. And your instinct is just to get to the end of the game. Yeah. So you never really go back, and it feels like you're doing something wrong by going back and you know really rinsing those levels. So the, the episodic structure helps you to kind of approach each level as it's supposed to be approached. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I yeah, I um I'm really big on the uh, opportunity system actually. It's mm. like um, mm. it's a very good sort of guided hand that enables you to see all the bits of the level you might otherwise miss while trying to figure it out yourself. Yeah. And like you don't have to play it that way and it's actually I found it good to come back to the game you doing those after I had like two or three attempts at doing the, yeah. the same bits over and over yeah. again. Yeah, it was a nice compromise. Um being on the E3 show floor and trying to find where to go for my Hitman appointment reminded me how weird it was that that game just was given to IO by Square Enix and now it's their own thing again um, because obviously I went to the Square Enix post for my Hitman appointment briefly and I was like <laughs> no wait this is wrong but it's weird that it's wrong <laughs> I always found the Warner um, Area E3 really hard to navigate as well because like these big sort of panels of like uh, some a Lego something and then mm. yeah and then there's like a tiny little media area you just have to it is its own game really figuring out where the media area is. Okay, there's two more games then I wanted to discuss. Let's do it. Um, I also want to do, uh, yeah, I also want to get your sort of both your takes on like what you think were the, were the highlights of the show. We t- touched on it a little bit, but um, so Resi Two Remake. Uh, that was an, uh, announced formally by Capcom, even though I think it was an, it was it's been in the works since 2014, something yeah. like that. Um, I thought the footage of that was really cool. It was weirdly 
serious mm. um, for a remake of quite a silly horror game that was nonetheless quite scary back in the day mm. yeah. and atmospheric. Um, yeah, uh, what do you make of it, Tom? Uh, I think I thought it was alright. I think I saw a lot of people like getting really excited about it, and I didn't quite have that reaction. Um, I really liked the sort of B movie, ho- the horror B movie sense that Resident Evil Two had, and the kind of chunkiness. It was like it, it was really atmospheric, Resident Evil Two, but it was also quite as you said, quite silly. Yeah. Uh, and this looks very, very dark, and it's kind of built in, I think it's the engine they use for Resident Evil 7, so there's lots more like torch-based lighting, kind of based corridor combat. I couldn't see what the shit was going it's on really in like, most of the footage. Yeah. It was like really, really dark. Super, yeah. super dark. Uh, and they've switched up um, the kind of uh, fixed perspective movement and shooting. Now they've gone for a kind of Razy 4-style over-the-shoulder camera, which is fine by me. I think that's a really cool way to explore that universe. Mm. Uh, and they've broken out the kind of, the stories into, so you, you play as both characters again, but they're like different campaigns now instead of being this weird entwined A version, B version thing that the original game had. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it is um, a very, it's way more, frankly, way more effort than I expected them to put into yeah, a remake. Because yeah. they, they remade Resident Evil 1 and it was just like, uh, they, they found the old kind of pre rendered backgrounds, they sort of spruced them up a little bit and added a little bit of lighting and then improved the textures and, and, and shipped it and it was good and faithful. Yeah, because I guess that had already been remade on the GameCube, right? So yeah, that's that true. As a base. So they had that as a base and just, just pepped it up a little bit. Whereas this is going to be like a like a whole game, like making a whole new game up from scratch again. Yeah, if it's so a big success, it, I think it it might lead to a whole bunch of different hmm. revivals like that. Yeah, um, which is a fascinating idea. I mean, obviously, Final Fantasy VII is being remade in the same. Yeah, even though I think that that's that's kind of an impossible dream because I don't think it can satisfy fans of the original. Uh, it's just too, it's too, it's too big. big. Yeah. It's, I don't know how you do it, but yeah. But um, something the size of Resi Two, that's a great candidate for you know, yeah. put that to the modern engine and sort of run it through like modern it's, it's, I'd love to see I'm really excited to see what they change and what they and because it says a lot about uh, modern attitudes to UI and design yeah. and, you know it, what what aspects of the kind of inventory management are they going to change or yeah. are they going to keep it the same and is that going to be annoying now rather than atmospheric as it was at the time Setting's very straightforward to adapt though it was yeah. just a police station and a bunch of streets and you know like labs, yeah. a junkyard I think as well like yeah it's, it was, it's pretty pretty straightforward stuff mm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, cool. Mm. Can't wait to to see more of that. Mm. Um, the last game, then uh, this isn't actually the last game, but it's the last one I can really be bothered to bring up is um, <laughs> Anthem. Ah uh, yes. Um, oh yeah. I was supposed to yeah, talk oh, about yeah. Battlefield as well, but you, 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 you play Battlefield? God, I've played Battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's do Battlefield <laughs> first, then go back to Anthem. Uh, the EA conference was weird, actually. Like mm. um, it was, I missed that one because I was on the flight at the time, but it sounds like. It was it was the typical EA play experience. Well, it mm. just didn't really do any of its games favors to me. Like um, no, especially Battlefield, especially Battlefield yeah. and Anthem, I would say uh, both, yes, both equally. I didn't know what I didn't come out of it knowing what Battlefield 5's USP is really. Like you kind of got a good sense of that with Battlefield One and the what they call the Juggernauts. What are they called? Yes, yeah, um, and the kind of drama that would bring to it and the the interest of the setting which hadn't been seen in the game before mm. what's Battlefield 5's whole deal apart from like customization? Um, I think it wants to be more of a games as service thing than uh, in, in like perhaps the the kind of update mould as opposed to the DLC mould um, that's it, that's a wanky thing to say like oh, it's USP is like a business decision but I think they do want to transition Battlefield into a more kind of modern delivery template, as it were. Uh, Exciting! Yeah, I, know, right? <laughs> I am thrilled. I mean, the, the, I guess the good thing there is there will be no um, whatever they call it expansion pass thing. Premium, but there'll be no Battlefield Premium. You won't have to buy expansions or DLC or anything. Uh, it, you will just get free maps each 
month or a couple of months as part of what they're calling Tides of War. Um, each of which is themed around like a different idea, either a historical campaign from World War Two, or just imagineering what if World War Two, but these modifiers on the maps. Okay. Um, and within that, you will get like new maps, you will get new uh, like modes and experiments and things like that. And each one will have its own specific unlocks and things you can get. But you will also get a new uh, grand operation, which is like Battlefield One's operation mode. But it's trying to tell the story of a battle over five days, yeah, five sort of in-game days, um, with each round representing a day. And so the example, um, the thing we played, which was based on like uh, Norwegian resistance uh, or the British fighting against, um, you know. Germany in Norway uh, trying to repel back the Germans was uh, the attackers would airdrop in and would have to take out AA guns that were around the map um, and the more of them you take out the more kind of reinforcement tickets you have in the next round of the game which is day two when they're pushing towards the front line or they're pushing, you know, pushing the Germans back and then day three I think is designed as the actual big trad battlefield um, two sides, lots of planes, lots of tanks, like the full, full fat battlefield experience. Yeah, and then it kind of goes on like that until the last day, which is essentially a you only get one life death team deathmatch thing, um, where you can just have at each other and kind of like this. Oh, you know, everyone's tired and desperate, and it's one last push to victory kind of thing. Does that add much drama then to it? That kind of structure. I mean, potentially. Uh, it's hard to say because I couldn't play a full one. I only played the first two rounds. Oh, right, okay. uh, so, like, I don't know how it builds and develops, but, you know, it's it's a good way to chain a bunch of rounds together into something more meaningful. Um, mm. That might being something. I guess the other thing Battlefield Five is doing is, like, really dialing in on squad play uh, in a way that it's been a while since they've focused this much on squad play I think um, they've completely redesigned the UI when you die so instead of going to a deployment map you actually get over the shoulder views of your squad mates okay. showing you what situation you will be spawning into um, to just persuade you to do that and actually spawn on them rather than fucking off back to a control point so you can get a tank or something right um and you are put into a squad by default, so you have to choose to leave if you want to go and be some sniper off on your own somewhere. Um, they've also got like this squad reinforcement system, which is kind of like a light touch version of the commander stuff from like the older games, where if you are doing squad objectives and you're following around the you know following the orders of your squad leader, you build points and that let your squad leader deploy like. A supply drop box which will let you get ammo and health and stuff or you know fortify there's like a base fortification thing as well this time where you can actually like build up these um encampments to better defend an area okay um or just like you can deploy an airstrike or something so like there are rewards for working together as a squad okay all right um hmm. so yeah it's weird it's it doesn't have a headline feature as battlefield such. is becoming like a bit like Call of Duty to an extent, it's becoming this weirdly sprawling collection of things that are all collected together under an umbrella. So there's going to be a War Stories uh, mode anthology series of single-player missions. Well, that worked quite well for them, didn't it? In the yeah, first, it did. Um, the there's going to be Combined Arms, which is their co-op four-player co-op campaign, which all games have now. 
Oh um, yeah, it's um, isn't it got procedurally generated levels? I think there is a procedural element to it. Yes. So it's a bit like so kind of your, the vermin tide style. Yeah, thing, it's, really. it's probably dead. like a director type situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be a battle royale thing sometime after launch. It seems like, and that was the naffest. Comes <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> out of stage and goes. Guess what? We've got Royale. Yeah, so <laughs> of course royale. you do. Everyone's got Royale. Yeah, I just said Royale as yeah, well. Yeah, nothing to show, just Royale. Yeah, and then it was off again. Yeah, I tell you what though, I, the the combination of um, War Stories and four player co op means I would be I would be into this, even though I'm yeah. not much of a Battlefield yeah, um, player. That's I think enough having, game for me. I think. Mm. I think like just having an ongoing thing with like different different missions in and out is a good reason to go and play like okay it's a new month there'll be a new like set of maps and you know modes or whatever it's worth checking out and maybe unlocking a couple of things it's an interesting choice because like um I, I, I always assumed that Battlefield's like uh, business model was pretty successful for them um and obviously it does split your player base mm. to not have everyone playing the same maps but also they've been doing it for so long that I thought it was a major success so mm. to not do it is kind of a surprise to me like I, I think they could have probably kept it and it, they would have been fine possibly Duty kept it. it's, it's also possible they've decided that like having a deep player um vanity item system yeah is what generates way more money for a company yeah I guess so I mean I guess Although, we'll never know the difference on that no loot wise. boxes uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I can't the, even be bothered to get into that. No, fair enough. The trailer of, um, they first launched showed like quite a brightly coloured world and it almost see like over the top and almost a bit like 1942 kind of leaning that way, but it was still the realistic look. Like, what was it actually like? They've they've really struggled with, like tonally mm. figuring out because again it's just so many disparate things. Like I think the original announced trailer is combined arms because looking at the characters in that trailer mm. that gels with like the four people they show in yeah. um, their, their images for that so I think that is probably like an explicit you know four people operating behind enemy lines plus bants and yeah. you know okay. ba- Battlefield 1 did a uh, quite a good job of um, presenting that setting in such a hyper real way mm. that it didn't you didn't really think it was historically accurate but you thought it was quite an exciting looking Interpretation of the of the setting. Yeah, I mean, they, they any any teaser they've done for the war story stuff makes it seem way more kind of somber and serious, and mm, like the actual sense, the actual like what I played of multiplayer just seemed like trad battlefields, okay. but like that very chaotic. Lots of people are shouting. There are explosions happening in the distance, yeah. and you know you're just throwing yourselves at teenagers who murder you over and over again. Well, it's still something that they have that no one else has. Um, yeah, which is why I was like slightly disappointed when they mentioned Royale because it's like, well, you don't, you don't like everyone will be over Battle Royale probably in like a couple of years, and mm. you don't need to do that because you have a thing that yeah you've been playing for sixteen years. And really <laughs> like, you know. They've got the, the maps. The, the map size is already there for them. That's true. Yeah. just to try it, and also if it ends up being a bit faster, a bit a bit more like going game uh, I, I like it a lot more than I like current battle like battle royale modes mm. yeah that's true and uh, they have good shooting and fun vehicles yeah. and stuff so. yeah that's true yeah um, okay cool we look forward to seeing how that sort of progresses um, okay then Anthem Phil yeah Anthem um, that is another game that I don't, do you agree Tom that it made a poor showing at the EA Play conference I think so it was very similar to the showing they put in like last year at E3 and it failed to really teach me why it was different to any other kind of shooter or open world shooter or third person shooter why I should care about I, I, I bounced right off the character designer stuff like being a sort of faceless robo dude is it just didn't seem very exciting to me hmm. but uh, yeah I, I was left underwhelmed personally Phil? 
so I I think I was pleasantly surprised. Again, I didn't see that one, but based on like last year's showing, uh, I, I wasn't really expecting much from Anthem. I don't think. Um, and I, to be honest, I haven't caught up with a lot of things about it. I think they talked a lot about what the story structure is going to be. Um, again, while I was on a plane. Uh, <laughs> um, but playing a section of it, um, I really like how traversal works in it. Like the, the sort of flying and the hovering and the jetpack stuff. Feels nice. Yeah, it feels really nice. Um, it, there is a timer on it, but that timer can be extended by like flying under waterfalls or seeking out like water sources and stuff. Which what? Sorry, flying can be extended. Yeah, your um, jetpack cools down if you fly under a waterfall. Oh right, okay, so you mean yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, see, so like while you're going around, you're trying to hit stuff. As you yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it gives you an excuse to sort of pay attention to the level design and the and the, you know these sort of fairly big open spaces and quite pretty colourful caves that mm. you're going through. Um, the actual combat and shooting seemed functional but not much more than that like I was never particularly excited by what was happening um, but like talking to them it doesn't sound like they it sounds like they more want to make a Diablo than a Destiny it's just they want to make a Diablo that happens to be a over the shoulder third person shooter Yeah, um, it's got that kind of feel with like the way loot seems to work and the way like the numbers are popping off of enemies in a specific way and it just I don't want to say that um, the shooting feels like an afterthought, but it's, I don't think it's an FPS for the first to such. It is like this kind of action RPG that uses a third-person model. Um, mm. uh, and, yeah, like, that's... They're still tweaking elements of, like, team play, it seems like. So, like, there was... Um, a tankier looking dude and the dev was like oh I'm going to try and get this guy's attention so you can get around the back of him and shoot his weak points and stuff or hit your uh, big specials that like have elemental damage and can freeze him and do this to someone else can do this to combo it and do more damage oh yeah a, that was some of the footage that I thought was quite cool yeah. Yeah. yeah but so I asked like okay so is there like a specific tanking role and stuff and at the moment apparently there's not but it sounds like there might or not necessarily a specific tanking role. Is there a way to manage like aggro and stuff like that? Not really at the moment, but um, they're looking at that sort of stuff. It looks like it's so, quite late to be looking at it if the game's out next yeah, year, right? Like like, March is it out or like February, isn't it? Yeah. February, isn't it? If you're going to design uh, like a combat system around classes, then well, they seem to have a lot of the class stuff around. I guess like it's just a case of managing systems. Like, okay, well, how do you hold an enemy's attention? Is mm. like not necessarily something. Is it? I don't know. It's something that you probably don't need to put into the core of the design necessarily, mm. because the classes themselves do exist as a like separate thing with their own abilities and powers. That structure right, okay, is already right. kind of in place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that all seems okay. Um, the thing I find strange talking to them is so. Uh, so in addition to like missions and whatever it is you actually go off and do, there you can also go to these areas like in a free play kind of modes, uh, which is mostly so you can go and get resources and things and do harvesting and that um, and it seems like there are a maximum of four people at any one time in these kind of open spaces and there are world event type things like big bosses that you come into and it's like four seems like a very low number to, hmm. to sort of exist within these big like level spaces mm, yeah. um, especially if you want like big monsters that require multiple people to take down because if you're just like in a 
if you just randomly load in solo. Having played a lot of Guild Wars 2, like, there can be a hundred people on the map and it can be a challenge to get people to any specific group event if they've decided they want to go off and do their own thing. Yeah. So if there's just four... Um, yeah, it doesn't feel like a very alive kind of yeah. setting or world. Which is, I don't know, odd, but hey... Um, there are things they're doing that like do make sense for like a studio making their first one of these types of games. Yeah. Like they're not tackling PvP at all by the sounds of it, at least not straight off. Um, just because, I mean, you just need to look at Destiny to see how trying to balance like an exciting PvE space shooter with a competitive PvP mode can be difficult. I guess they probably also thought that it's not like people are going to be stuck for options for PvP stuff, right? Um, so they're going all in on co-op, which is yeah, fine. Um, yeah. yeah, it's promising to hear that the moment-to-moment sort of gunplay traversal that that was, that is all up to scratch. Yeah, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised by what I played. It seems like yeah, really kind of robust, and there were things about it that I could see like, oh, okay, that's kind of like a. One of these, one of these types of games with a way of playing it and a way of moving through the world that isn't in other ones. Like yeah, it yeah. does something specific that mm. seems its own for now. You go into water as well. That's quite nice. And you go in water. Yeah, mm. it does look nice. The, the setting otherwise wasn't very inspiring. Like the um, at least it didn't seem it to me. Like uh, very cavey. Yeah, we went through a lot of caves. Yeah. <laughs> the story sounds pretty boring as well. From what they. It's just like a story I've heard so many times before. Like you're you're on a world. There's a precursor race that has left loads of kind of amazing technology around, and now everyone's racing to get these bits of technology. And you know, so and surprise, there's insects. Yeah, that's, that's, this is the plot of every Bioware game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more or less, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and Halo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, then. So that's pretty much most of the games. There's still a lot of like smaller things that didn't wrap in there. There's a new Life is Strange thing and all that stuff. But, yeah, a lot um, happened. A lot happened, but um, it's it's as many uh, we it's as many as we can handle right now. Mm. Um, so I'll just ask you guys then, like, what were your, what were your highlights of the show, Tom? How about you? Um, I think it was it's got to be Cyberpunk, just because that type of game doesn't exist. The game that's set in a futuristic city and it's just a massive uh, take on that genre. Uh, and it's a game I've wanted for for so so long, but I don't mm. think technology has existed that has, that would let you do it properly, and this might be it. So just the promise of that is exciting enough for me to be, pick that one. I think. Mm. How about uh, you then, Phil? Cyberpunk you did mention earlier was a was a highlight. Is it? Oh, you mean Cyberpunk probably was the highlight, but uh, given that that's been picked, I will single out Control specifically mm. because I am just excited to see like Remedy is now just allowed to make the game they want to make, and there's no. Uh, TV <laughs> shows grafted yeah. inside TV it. Episode, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, hopefully, I did ask them uh, if like they would go back to being kind of remedy tongue in cheek in places, and I got a wink. So okay. make of that what you That's will. Sam From Lake Sam Lake. Lake. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It was quite an experience. And uh, you could have gift that. That was my <laughs> first E3 appointment, and. Whew, yeah, set a good precedent. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so for me, uh, from outside looking in, I thought that the um, Fallout seventy six reveal was pretty good. Actually, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know how I missed that one. Yeah, um, yeah I thought that the uh, I thought the idea of playing that with you guys mm. could be a lot of fun. Mm. Um, sort of like team based survival thing in a gigantic map, building a colony together, and yeah. there are other players around. Um, yeah, how uh, I have a, we came out of it with a lot of questions, so mm. much so that we basically wrote an article asking all of our questions. <laughs> Here are um, our questions, Bethesda. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but uh, yeah, like um, in principle, that sounds cool to me, and more of Fallout setting, which I, I, I like yeah. to explore. I'm more into it based on what they showed at E3 than I thought I would be given the concept of like an online survival game Fallout. Um, but, yeah, they made a good fist of like showing it off and making it exciting if you like trad Fallout. Although yeah. Fallout mm. has one of the loudest fan bases who go, it's straying away from its roots, etc., etc. Probably oh. the same people who say that New Vegas is always the best Fallout, and you must not put any of the top others in the top 100 list. <laughs> but which I, I do kind of get. Let's save this for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do kind of get that um, to a degree. Like it, it doesn't look much like an RPG, but then they didn't really show off. How story elements of it work? Do they? Um, no, it's still very hard to tell like how the game's weighted. Like the what, much of what they showed was just exploring with a few friends and then getting into sort of PvP scuffles and then maybe building something together. And that kind of game is super cool. And I, there's, I haven't really fallen in love with Rust or any of the other games that mm. are kind of like that. Mm. And the idea of, I mean, I love the setting of West Virginia. It looks beautiful. Like it looks like a place I'd really look forward to exploring. Looks like it's had a bit of sprucing up that Fallout. It does engine. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it looks a lot nicer than Fallout Four just from the glimpses that they've showed so Draw far. distance, pretty good. Pretty yeah, impressive, and yeah. just like lighting and stuff as well. It, it looks really, it looks super nice. Uh, and I kind of, I'm bored with Fallout RPGs to be honest. Like I, I just bounced right off Fallout Four because I've just sort of done that game. Four now. did feel a bit been there done that didn't it like um despite having very nice gunplay and um yeah it, i guess it did a bit i it i find fallout's really easy to burn out on and it just happened that i burnt out like an hour into new vegas um so i think i was ready to play fallout by four um yeah no it's a, it's a, i think it's a very good game um but like um it, yeah it's uh Hmm, this, this, yeah, this is this is exciting to me. The idea of playing it with other people, you know, playing Bethesda game with other people—that's that's a cool thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a good world, and I quite like the idea that you can. There's an end game where you build nukes and destroy parts of the map, even though who the hell knows how that's going to work properly? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a big question mark, isn't yeah. it? Like and and like griefing and all that stuff—that was what we were really curious about. Yeah. I mean, play GTA Online, <laughs> for sure. Like, yeah. uh, griefing the game. Yeah, it just yeah. sounds like that there aren't many people. On a in the map, so it sounds like there's quite a small number of people just kind of faffing around. But the potential for griefing in that type of game is enormous. And in fact, like most of the stories that get written about games like Rust, is about a creative ways people find to grief each other and mm. to ruin each other's experiences. Uh, so it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see them contend with all that because they've not done a game like that before, and there's, they're gonna make some mistakes. But they they might make some really funny ones. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think I'll enjoy it. Yeah. I'm really glad they're trying something something new. To be honest. Uh, and it's, it's weird because like, they, they just seem to be taking a big break to do new stuff with Fallout and with Starfield and um, yeah I trust that's easier to make cool environments yeah because otherwise at this point you'd be around the time you'd expect the reveal for their next big single player game mm. and I guess I guess know, we sort of got that sort of got that yeah but um, it does Starfield feels a few years off doesn't it and, yeah uh, sure does um, from what they showed anyway and this is a thing you can play in just a few months yeah, um, yeah. which is the other cool thing about it it was like it wasn't just we're making a Fallout multiplayer game. It's mm. like this is exactly what it looks like. This is what you can do with friends, yeah. and it's out in a few months. So enjoy it. It's like, yep, sold. That's great. Yeah, uh, I will it, play that. Contrast with stuff like Beyond Good and Evil, which is uh, which again, Phil, you saw as well. I did Beyond Good, Beyond Good and Evil Two, I should say, uh, which is very much feels like it's still in like a concepting stage, and that it's not really going to be around for years. Mm. So it's almost. A lot of publishers are taking a gamble in revealing their games very early this year, and that's probably a difference previously. I think E3 does need a bit of that mm. to kind of make it feel exciting, but it yeah, For it sure. does create obviously pitfalls. Yeah, um, it's, I mean, I found it so hard to get like 
it was weird because I found it really hard to get excited about what they were showing for Beyond Good and Evil 2 uh, it just it's really hard to reconcile what's there right now with what they want to do with that game conversely the journalist sat ne- next to me gasped uh, <laughs> during the presentation don't, people don't gasp in real life he do they? actually gasped <gasps> like <gasps> and all that was doing all that was doing is they hit hyperspace which like triggered a um, like a change in world state and flew out to space and it's like yeah I've played No Man's Sky it's, <laughs> no big deal. this tech is entirely believable to me mm. <laughs> oh okay um, yeah mm. well they're, they're, those are all the games pretty much then um, and brings us to the end of the podcast unless there's anything more you wanted to add Phil from your experiences on the show floor it's hot and loud <laughs> there were many people many people Yeah, I'd like to say it's fucking weird that our industry does this like what <laughs> other creative industry decides they're going to get together for one weekend and announce everything that's going to happen for the next year and or... make celebrities out of executives <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Put, put executives on stage to like rile up the crowd and it's like yeah it's like hey, it's Reggie it's a, a businessman <laughs> who works at <laughs> Nintendo of America yeah. like yeah <laughs> Ray. it's uh, E3 is fucking strange like imagine if all the film studios got together and said here are all the films we're making everybody and they yeah. did it at the same time like in direct competition with one another it's so bizarre that yeah. they do this yeah it never happens does it no very weird very strange um, yeah yeah okay good that seems like a good point to, to leave out to be honest um, so thank you very much for listening we'll be back soon with a, uh, a regular episode um, probably as soon as there are games to talk about now that things are a little bit quieter and uh, yes if you'd like to subscribe or leave us a review you're welcome to do that but if not you should get in touch with us drop us an email at pcgamer at futurenet.com yeah that'll work that will work we'll, we will get that so yeah that's good um, and you can also drop into our discord uh, if you're a member of the PC Gamer Club, a lot of people who listen to this who provide questions are. We'd welcome more of your questions mm. and we'll discuss them next time. Uh, otherwise, uh, we wish you well and uh, look <laughs> out for the new issue of PC Gamer on sale as we speak. Probably a couple of days after. <laughs> no, a couple of days before this. Um, you're listening to this. It was released, probably. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Depending has, on when I can edit. <laughs> has Serious Sam on the cover, right? Yes. Yeah. And you get a free copy of a serious sound game with it. So you do. That is a thing you can buy right now. It has many of uh, Phil's thoughts on E3 stuff. Um, and yes, we'll be back very soon.